That's the word I was looking for. We're hey, exposed now. We're exposed now. Yes, we are. Wednesday, <laughs> ladies and gents, and we're going to clean up our back end. So here we go, ladies and gents. Let's get the show on the way. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Yeah, fire time. You know, I'm just going to throw this out there. We're talking about cleaning up our back ends. It should have been Thursday. It should have been a Thursday, right? I'm so happy it's Thursday. Oh, anyway, all of you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in the podcast rankings. We would sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz slash podcast guest to schedule your time slot and don't forget to follow us on all our social media at business bros pod ladies and gentlemen we're so excited and so honored to bring yet another incredible guest on the business bros pod launching any kind of business relationship or endeavor of nearly any kind is far from a perfectly laid out path in fact it can be downright messy our guest today knows that, and she loves to talk to people, not just about the messiness that comes with accomplishing big goals, but more importantly, how to clean up that mess and join the ranks of the ultimately successful. She is an accomplished speaker, trainer, consultant, digital marketer, and mentor. She loves analyzing businesses and flipping them so that they become the income-generating powerhouses they were meant to be. Tune in today to hear how our guest turns messy situations into crisp, clean, running like a clock machines. Joining us today from Yes Women's Network and Lock and Load Marketing, the host of the Messy Back End of Entrepreneurship Podcast. Welcome to the show, Sheila Logan. Party time, Sheila. Party time. Welcome you ready? to the show. You ready to rock and roll, Sheila? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right. And now, uh, earlier today, ladies and gents, I had the honor of being on Sheila's podcast. And one of the questions she asked me was about the energy that I bring to the show, right? And I told her that these headphones are like my superpower. I put them on and it's like putting on your superhero costume. Boom, Thor comes into Wakanda. <sighs> You're in trouble now. Uh, and we try to add that same flair at the beginning of the show. So what do you think? And that is the best scene in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, by I the way. Agree. I Right? <laughs> so Sheila, what do you think about the energy so far? I mean, the show's just got started. How do you feel? Oh, I love it so much. I still feel your energy from like two hours ago when we were on the call. I mean, you just come in with like this, yeah, get started. <laughs> awesome. Right, I want to know a little bit about the, the messy back end. Uh, you know, business isn't the easiest thing to do. It is very difficult. Uh, it sounds cool when you have that idea in the shower. You're like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And then you kind of get into the nitty gritty and you realize all the crap that gets messed up. Uh, what was what was your messy back end story? How would you get into the business? 
So I actually got into the back ends by mistake, but I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. So we start our business with this huge passion. We want to create something, want to make a service, want to do something for people. And then what we don't realize is that there's this whole back end part that's kind of like the dark back alley of entrepreneurship, right? And we all end up there and we're like, dang, email marketing, we've got graphics, we've got websites, we've got broken tech stuff. We can't, we forget to unmute our mics, some of us. And so you have that whole messy back end of, of things. And so actually I was doing sales funnels. So in my digital marketing agency, a lot of people would contact me to do sales funnels. And I was go in and I would start to try and do their sales funnel, but I quickly realized they don't know their website login. They don't have their branding in place. They don't even have their ebook written yet. And by the way, they don't have an email marketing platform. They don't know how to do all of those things. And so I'm like, look, I can build you a sales funnel till the cows come home it's not going to work unless your back end is cleaned up. And so I accidentally started flipping businesses that way. So my very first client, she came to me, she had two email platforms and I'm like, well, which one are we going to use? And she's like, well, which one do you think we should use? And I'm like, well, why do you have two? So she showed me all the tools she was running for her business. And in the first week we saved her $1,200 a month, just clean. <laughs> so just cleaning up the back end, you know, of her books, like just look at, see, what do you have? What are you using? And what can you get rid of? I, okay. So I always get this ad that shows up when I'm looking at TikTok, and it's like, do you have this subscription, this subscription, this subscription? Uh, what I started doing was I put all my subscriptions on one credit card, right? And so this is the, this is the subscription credit card. And that way I can go through every month and I can look at the statement. And I'm like, I haven't used that in three months. I haven't used that in two months. I, I, what the heck is that? That's not even mine, right? Like I can look at all those different things and kind of go through and trying to clean that stuff up. Uh, the problem I think comes from when you see something, it's like the next shiny object in business, right? You should com compartmentalize what it is that you want to accomplish. And as you're getting that thing done and guilty, by the way, as you're getting that thing done, you see something else, you're like, ooh, that's cool. Maybe that'll be a better option. You kind of go in that direction. When you talk to entrepreneurs that have a messy back end, how, how many of them are like squirrel and like just going after that next thing? Well, let me think about it. So you and your brother, you do this, yeah? We, yeah. Entrepreneurs are the squirrel syndrome kings of the world. I mean, that's <laughs> all we do because we have so many ideas and our brains are always so creative and moving on to the next thing and how can we make it better? And so here's, here's the biggest thing that I see is like they go to learn something or get a tool thinking that they learn it or they get that tool, it's just gonna fix everything. But what they don't realize is like, I can go spend $2,000 to learn how to do Facebook ads. Let's make sure that's ads. Or I can pay somebody $2,000 to run a $1,500 ad, pay them 500 to run it. And you can keep doing what makes you money. If you're not doing what makes you money every day, then you're kind of missing the mark because you shouldn't be doing those admin tasks. My, my theory at Lock and Load Marketing is if it tires you out, hire it out. If you don't like it, don't do it. You got to hit somebody else who loves doing it, like bookkeeping. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you what, that's the most entertaining stuff, right? Bookkeeping. And my degree's in accounting. I'll tell you, it is super exciting to look through a bank statement and put things in categories. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it means what you think it means.
<laughs> you don't at all. All right. Um, so you you mentioned funnels a little while ago, and that that caught my ear because I'm literally in the process of looking at people on Upwork for a funnel for the insurance agency, right? So we're uh, we our big thing in the insurance agency is to lead with the home, and then we'll bundle the auto and stuff. So we want to help loan officers build a book of business, and so we have this webinar that we created, and I. I consider myself an okay person when it comes to click funnels, but this one I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sh- find somebody who's better than me at doing this because, right, it's tiring me out. Um, what do you think I should? Uh, obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna consult with you here. I already liked working with you a little uh, earlier today, but what should I be doing and focusing on when I'm creating a funnel? Uh, well, let's talk about one specific, a webinar funnel. Like, what should, what kind of stuff should I have in place so that I have all my ducks in a row? So you're talking about the back end stuff, right? Let's see, talk about one little thing that is super important in marketing is when you are creating something like that, you cannot think about yourself. You have to think about what is the feeling you want the listeners to hear as you're building it. And that's actually going to help you decide on the tools, right? So put yourself in their shoes. You don't know what you don't know. It's hard to forget what you know, but put yourself in their shoes. You're just home one day and some insurance guy comes by. How do you want them to feel when you walk out that door? That's what your sales funnel has to make them feel so that when they get into that webinar, they're like, man, these guys are going to make me feel safe. Mm. I'm going to be set. You know, I'm not have to worry about my children. I'm not have to worry about if they wreck my car or whatever. So you need to give them that feeling and then look at the funnel and say to yourself, okay, so does that person, uh, are they the kind of person that's going to be on Instagram? Is that the kind of person that's going to be on Facebook? Is that the kind of person that's going to see an ad while they're doing Google searching for, you know, college stuff for their kids or whatever. So once you know what that is, then you kind of work it backward from when they see it to where you find them. And so you're looking at email marketing. Y'all do really good texting. It's keep it super natural. Like I don't feel spammed at all. You know, whenever I get an email from you, I'm like, oh, they're sending me a text, you know, but I know it's not you because I know I set those up. And so once you find out what all those pieces are that you need, you need the landing page, you need the sign up, you need to collect the emails, you need the follow up, you need the reminders. And so you put all of those things in place and you make it super smooth and conversational. You'll have people banging down the door to get in that webinar. That's the key, right? Uh, But I want to hover on making them feel that way and, and trying to forget what you already know. How do you put yourself in someone else's shoes? How do you, what should I be looking for? What should I be searching for? What should I be, how do I put myself in somebody else's shoes? Cause I know all too often myself included, you know, I'm trying to sell something and all I can think about is, you know, how, how much is it going to cost me? How much revenue am I going to bring in? How much is it going to, how much uh, profit is it going to make? How much should I spend on the ad? I'm thinking about everything on my side rarely do I put myself in the position of the consumer. Yeah, definitely. I think the way that you can do that, at least for me, is like I said, when you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what questions to ask. But when you know it, you can't unknow it. So that puts you in this bind, right? So a couple different ways you can do that. Number one is to go to those clients, especially the most recent people, and you just simply ask them three questions. The first two questions need to be multiple choice. You want to make them feel like, this is going to be quick. You know, AT&T, I'm sorry, but they're like surveys take 20 minutes. I'm not going to fill that dang thing out. I want it to be three questions, two multiple choice. So I can do like charts and graphs and know, okay, so, you know, what did you like about this? A, B, C, D, pick one. 
And what did you like about this? A, B, C, D, pick one. And then an open-ended question so they can tell you, how did you feel once you signed up with us? And then you use those words in your sales because those are the words that your consumers are hearing, not the ones that you and I as marketers are thinking that they are hearing. So speak to them in their own language. And by speaking to people who have recently signed up with you, that's how you're going to get the language. Um, the other way is to simply ask people while you're talking to them, how can I make you feel? What is the end result that you want to see happen? And you don't real they don't realize it, but you're getting market research. You know what I mean? You're going to get the objections that they're going to have and you're going to answer those in your thing and, you know, your sales funnel. And then you're also going to get the things that they want and they need so that you can then sell them exactly what they want and need, what, what you think they want and need. You as a digital marketer have moved across many planes, right? So you started off creating funnels, then you realize, whoa, there's way more problems in this uh, with this entrepreneur's back end than I thought was there. So you started moving into coaching, and then you got into podcasting. How does how talk to me about those? Exactly. How did you pivot into these things and and turn them into viable income producing, not just time sucking uh, activities? You know, it, the thing is, is that we all start out doing one thing. It's like going to college. You know, I'm, I'm going to go to college to be a lawyer. By the time you finish, you're an insurance agent. Right. So you have to look at what what is it that you want on a regular hey basis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was just right there in front of me. I just had it was, to it <laughs> so what you have to realize when you start business is when you start business, it's not going to end up what you wanted it to be. As I learned and grew and as the world changed, as sales funnels changed, I mean, when I first started doing sales funnels in, I believe, 2015, it took uh, seven touches to make a sale. So you had to reach someone's face, eyes, ears, seven times before they would make a, a purchase from you. Then by the time it was 2017, it was 13 times. 2019, 21 times you have to be in front of them to get them to buy from you. So I all of 2019, I'm like, y'all, sales funnels are not going to work next year. I didn't know about the COVID, but it's not going to work next year. You have to find something new in order to make it work. And so that's kind of how why we started the podcast is that podcasting gets you in the ears of the people. I believe that you could sell someone on one podcast. I don't think it takes 21 listens and an ebook they're going to download, never read and a Facebook group that they're not going to participate in. You know, you have to find what works for your list, for your audience and speak directly to that. So, so you're more, telling me there's a chance. There's, there's more than just the pitch. And I, I get what you mean with the multiple touches because there's a product like, for example, I'm, I'm doing my pushups now on this little thing that I got that I saw on Instagram like 17 times before I was like, fine, I'll get it. Right. And that's the beautiful part about pixels and, and, and using retargeting. Uh, so I, I understand the, the showing up over and over again because every time they show up, that's more money, more impressions, more things that are going on on, on the back end for the for the uh, the paid ad section that can get very expensive. So when you're talking about here, when you're saying, you know, moving over to the podcast, this is just a different way to connect with the audience versus the multiple showing up touches, right? Is that what you're, is that what you're describing here? Yeah, absolutely. And our subscribers every Thursday morning, they get a new episode and it doesn't cost me anything. They just down, it just automatically downloads to their phone or whatever they're listening to. And so by, 
getting you, you actually build this relationship. So think of your favorite actor or actress. OK, so you've got that person in your mind and you're thinking, man, if I could just meet Patrick Dempsey, I know exactly what he'd be like. Well, the fact is, is that Patrick Dempsey is going to be, you know, the, the parts that he played. He's not actually going to be the person you and I, when they meet us on the street, they're going to be like business bros and they know exactly what they're getting with you. And so by being and we talked about this on on our episode is being authentic. They know if they like you or not. And just like you said on my podcast, if they like you, they're going to stay with you and they're going to hire you. If they don't, they're not. And you don't want them anyway because you want them to find someone that's going to make them happy. So it kind of goes both ways. Yeah. So, so let's talk about a little bit about creating that podcast, right? Because prior to the show, you were talking to James about branding and making sure that your show is all inclusive or versus, you know, not being that way. Uh, when somebody's first going to develop their podcast or thinking of starting this thing, they're like, look, podcast is trending. I think this is cool. This is something I want to check out. How do I even get started? Like, what, what should I be thinking about when it comes to my color theme, my name, my how often I'm going to do it? Well, you have to go back to who your listeners are. So mine actually came as a fluke. So Nate called me up one day and he said, hey, do you know anything about podcasting? And I'm like, no, but I'll research it. And then I was driving in the car with my daughter who almost wrecked it. And I said, darling, you're going to make me mess in the seat. And I was like, hey, that'd make a good blog post. And I was like, hey, that'd make a good book. Hey, that'd make a good podcast because you hear people saying that all the time. If somebody could just take care of the back end of my business, my back end is a mess. You know what I mean? And then the first time I um, ever had anybody say anything, actually only twice I've had somebody say, that makes me think of a dirty diaper. They're not my <laughs> ideal client. And by the, right. by the way, even if it does make you think of a dirty diaper, did it make you stop and look and say, what the heck are they talking about? You know what I mean? So you have to look at who's listening and what makes you passionate? Like, I love my podcast because of my guests, because of my brand. And I knew that I wanted the colors to match my other items that I had. And I knew that I wanted it to stand out in a certain way. So I think it goes down to feeling when it comes to branding, you need to build something that you love. It's something that you're super proud. You put it on your shirt, you put it on your hat, you put it on your headphones, you put it on your website, you know. And so um, I don't think there's any wrong way or right way if you love it. Because like you said at the beginning, if you're if you don't like what you're doing, you're going to come to the website or onto the podcast and be like, hey, guys, let's chat. And, you, and there's nothing, you know, you have to have that energy behind it. I like how you came up with your with your name, right? Amidst tragically dying in a car accident, I completely came up with the epiphany, it, you know, lightning struck your brain. Uh, it, it, it's it's funny when you talk about the the back end stuff because it's absolutely true. Uh, we offer a a uh, done for you content strategy for people because people don't want to do all the back end stuff. They just want it done for you. Our insurance agency is built the same way. James has developed systems so that the front facing agent has everything on the back end taken care of. Uh, so many people want that back end support. And and as you talk to different people, how many people have you spoken to that offer? that back-end support versus everybody else who just wants to be front-facing? You know, there aren't a lot, honestly. And you have to be really careful when you find those people because make sure that you vet them because there's a lot of people who say they do the back-end and they just don't do it well. You know, you all, I know for a fact because I've read your stuff, I know what you do, um, and I've trained a lot of virtual assistants. And so I've learned that some of them pay attention, some of them don't. And I've worked with a lot of OBMs or online business managers. What you have to do is really, here's my trick. Every day for the next week, write down every single thing you do. 
Then circle all the things you love and you're passionate about and they made you money and you just felt totally super energized. Everything else on that list, you need to find somebody to do that. You're probably not going to find it in one person. You're probably going to have to get a couple people. And that doesn't mean employees, you know, outsource it to different people, but be smart and research the people that you're hiring for sure. How do we how do we vet people like that? You, you you've talked about you know training VAs and working with online business managers. I, I know for a fact. It, it, again, I'm only speaking from my own experience here. I didn't know people like that even existed. And then when I did have an idea of what a VA was, I always pictured in my own mind somebody who didn't speak English, who didn't have any idea of what the process was going on, and we didn't know how to hold them accountable. Uh, my biggest fear now is that I get somebody who's good and I can't personally hold them accountable. What kind of systems can we put in place or what kind of strategies can we have so that if we do bring people on after we vetted them and they're, they're actually good talent to keep them and make them uh, productive in our own businesses. The first thing that you have to make sure that you have with them is good communication. And so I always run my people through a test First thing I do is I have them fill out an intake form. You'd be surprised. 75% of people won't even fill out an intake form. You're like, well, those aren't my people. The next thing I have them do is I'll have them do a task or two. And I have them use my communication tools like Slack, email, whatever works for you. Find your communication tools. Anybody who works for you should work within your communication tools, whether that's Trello or Sauna, ClickUp, whatever, you know, platforms you're using. And then as far as holding them accountable, that's a really fine line because if they're a true business owner, you won't have to. But in the VA world, sometimes you have to just make sure they're doing what you need them to do. And it really is communication. So you can have them log into Slack and they have to be showing as active on Slack while they're working for you and sign off on Slack. And then you know what they're doing. And then you have, you know, certain ways where you have them upload documents there and they report to you what they're doing. You know, I'm OK, I'm doing content writing for this blog post for this client. They go do the work. They come back and go, OK, that's finished. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do that. But make sure you don't try and micromanage, because remember, the people you're working with are also business owners. And if you do get to the point where you feel like you're micromanaging somebody, they're not a good fit for you. You should not have to do that. You should have someone that you can trust. And so that's why I always run them through a test. Literally, I posted in a group. I said, I'm looking for a VA with these skills. Please message me um, and tell me these five things. 90% of them are like, I'm interested. No, 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 no. Once I got the people who actually replied back with what I asked them to, I sent them to an intake form. 75% of them did not fill out the intake form. You're completing a funnel for them, literally. You're, you're yeah. filtering through people through the tasks that you want done so you get detail-oriented, self-driven individuals to, that, that want to do the job, right? That's the whole yeah. point. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So you've developed a couple different things here. Again, you started off at the very beginning doing one thing, doing just the funnels, you transition. Now you have your podcast. So you're, you're a lot the way I am. You're, you're wearing a lot of different hats. Uh, has your organizational skills opened you up to becoming messier? Cause now you have so many different tasks going on. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you are so right. Because I'm like, and, and my co-host will tell you, I am the biggest overcomplicating person in the world. Like I, I will make this big overcomplicated process so that I can whittle it down to what I actually really want. The book E-Myth is absolutely brilliant. It tells you why you have to have processes and why you have to have systems. And really what you have to do is even if you start out that big, you have to kind of narrow it down and make it simple. So for me, I have to see the big picture to see the simple picture behind it. And so, yeah, I definitely, I over plan. I'm, always overdoing things. You mentioned the e-myth. Are you the entrepreneur? Are you the technician? Or are you the manager? I'm the entrepreneur. Definitely. Sometimes I fall back a little bit. I admit, you know, we regress, but yeah, definitely the entrepreneur. Same. I'm I'm definitely uh, on the entrepreneurial type, but luckily for me, you know, I got James on my side. He's very much the manager. He'll, he'll tell you that he, he's not a very good manager of people. And he's right. He, he sucks at managing people, but he's amazing at managing systems. And once he has a system in place, managing the people is the easy part because now he has a metric, some sort of KPI, some sort of measurement. Uh, and then he's just managing the system and he's, he's great at supporting people. And I think that's a huge difference between, you know, a good manager and a bad manager, a good manager. Like you said, when you're micromanaging, you're, you're, you're tenacious on every single task that needs to get done. But when you have systems in place and you're managing systems, then you're there to support people and help them achieve a a particular task. Uh, When you are creating something like that, what are some of the like intricacies, some of those, those key steps that you need to do on every single task, some beginning, middle, end type thing, so that you know that the process is going to get complete? Well, you have to run through it and practice and practice and practice. The first thing I always recommend is make sure you have those SOPs. So write out every single step and you'll know if it's going to work. And so what I do is I have my VA actually have her write out the SOP for the work that I give her. And then I have another uh, VA follow those steps. And then I know when there's gaps, when there's things missing or if they're really good, they'll come back and say, hey, you know what? If we combine three through five doing it this way, that's that's amazing. And that's also a good way. You know, you have the good VA when they're saving you time by basically working them out of work, by creating the auto magic in the background. Um, once you get the auto magic going, it's like this little hum of a business behind you that's just working and you don't have to think about it. And you can't make everything automatic, but make everything you can automatic if you can. If you can. Right? Hey, that's right. That's right. Okay. So uh, you have so many things going on, but it's also one of the more exciting times, right? I, I personally feel like if I have only one thing going on, I get pretty bored pretty quick. So I need to I need to have some things that I can jump around from. Uh, I'll get in a flow state for one thing. And once that task is done, then it's like, what's on the next thing? Uh, James is really good at setting up his week sheets and he knows exactly what, to go, what, what goes on. I'm kind of more cloud-based. I'm like, I got one or two, three things I need to get done this week. And then, you know, I kind to go from there uh what's in store for your future like what where do you see this developing to and where are you going to spend most of your time uh in your in your venture so actually right now i'm putting a lot of time into my book that i'm writing um i've got quite a difficult past that i've worked through and you know as a single mom for um up until last october i was a single mom of five running a, two businesses actually and a nonprofit. and let me tell you like i was just a little bit crazy. I got bald patches to prove it. (laughs) You know, I think um, for me, it's I need to finish my book and I want to share a message with people. And the message I need to share with entrepreneurs and especially women is it's okay to believe in yourself. 
a lot of people these days, especially after last year, you get so down and so depressed and you worry about how you're going to come across to people and you worry about, you know, am I going to be conceited? Am I going to be, you know, they're going to think I'm stuck up and we beat ourselves up. If I spoke to my friends the way I speak to myself, I would have no friends. And so to me, the message I want to get out there is it's okay to believe in yourself and no matter how dark it is, there's going to be a tiny little spark of light that you need to look for and find and really nurture that and build it into what you want it to be. Single mom, five kids and a business and nonprofit. I, we should have started the show with that. that was <gasps> exactly. That's ton. I have two kids and a spouse. How do you even manage the time to do that sort of stuff? I don't. I don't. I, I fail as, you know, I have this list of things I want to do. So when I first met my husband last year, I showed him my list of things to do because he's he's in the army. He's awesome. But he doesn't uh, he's not an entrepreneur. So I showed him this list of things I need to do. And he's like, you ain't going to get that done. That's not going to happen. And so he sat me down and he did a military decision making process with me. And he helped me realize that those 190 things on my list they're not going to get done or they're going to get done poorly. And we narrowed that way down to a smaller list. And that's kind of how I decided on my priorities. Like, what is my true passion? My passion is helping women who are in my situation that I was in pre previously become better and do what they want to, be, to do. And so the biggest thing that the, the process did for me was to set my priorities and compare everything I do, every course of action I take has to be compared to my priorities, which is my health and my spirituality. I can't help anybody unless I'm okay. And then my family, because I don't care if I lose everything. I can't lose my family. I kept my kids together and that was my priority, you know. And then after that, it's to help the women. So I need to write my book. And at the very end, you know, is that digital marketing agency, which is working on its own. So. Well, that's great. I mean, that that's passion right there. We talk a lot about, you know, figuring out your why and determining, you know, how it, how it determines where you go from there. And you clearly have that vision in front of you. Like you, it's, it's easy for you to see, for anyone to see how you put those things in front of you and how you prioritize them. Cause I'm like you, man, I got like 190 things that I want to get done as well. And sometimes it's, it, it can become so overwhelming when you look at all the different things that you do none of them. Right. It's kind of like in marketing. Who do you want to be? Who do you, who's your audience? Everybody. No, that's where you're talking to nobody. Right. You really got to narrow it down. And, and I think you're doing a wonderful job uh, in, in managing all that stuff in your life. And, and you can tell that the passion that you have behind what you're doing is is huge. Uh, and and uh, again, I'm going to look forward to, to talking to you again really soon. You already gave me some advice on uh, on a VA, but you're going to help me with some funnel stuff, if you don't mind. I would love <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, last question. Uh, who did you look up to? You mentioned Michael Gerber, but who did you look up to as far as like podcasts, mentors, uh, books that you read to kind of get you out of the funk when you're feeling like you can't keep going? You know, funny story, like Paula Poundstone is she's a great podcaster. She is hilarious. She, I think she talks a lot about political stuff, but her energy and how she can make me laugh when all I can do is hear her words kind of made me want to be that type of podcaster. And I kind of tried to structure my podcast that way. But Brendan Bouchard teaches the high performance habits. And I have actually on my dream board, it says, wake up every morning and live with intention. And all of my alarms have some kind of intention. You know, my husband, my alarm will go off. He'll pick up my phone and go, it's a million dollar year, baby. 
you know, <laughs> that's, that's my intention. And so that for that, I'm grateful for Brendan uh, for showing me what it takes to be that kind of person. And putting and helping you put those habits in place because those the, having the habits like thinking about wanting to do something, I think this is where the secret messed up, right? Putting those thoughts into the atmosphere and maybe someday they'll come like that's all great and good and you should definitely have those things. But it isn't until you put into action those dreams and goals that you want that anything is ever going to happen. And it, and and everybody thinks there's some grand gesture, but they're small things. They're the little habits that you do on a, on a daily basis that make the biggest impact in your life. And I, I think I'm going to start setting my alarms the same way. I have a few, like the one that says wake up. But other than that, the alarm just goes off. There's no real intention on when it goes off. It just goes off and I'm like, okay, that's my next thing. But to have something like, you know, shoot in your face and say, this is the time, this is the year, right? 2021, James, we know, sell shit. That's the year, that's the, that's the 2021 message. So, okay, uh, last other thing before we head out, uh, can you let people know if they want to work with you, how can they get a hold of you, especially for our listening audience? You bet. The simplest way is just go to themessybackend.com. Everything you need there, my woman's network and my digital marketing agency. And of course, the podcast is there. So just head over to themessybackend.com. Well, Sheila, it's been a honor speaking to you twice today. I've had so much fun. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a blast meeting you guys. Ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Tomorrow will be SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. But for today, have a productive one. We'll see you again manana. Peace and we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.